it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah, I mean, if 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 Dembele Dembele was fit, and that's the other one we didn't really mention, if Dembele was yeah. there, um, you know, you could get away without Ferran on the pitch, maybe. But at, without Dembele, you have to kind of put Ferran in there, probably as as, as a central figure because he's the only one that gives yeah. you some semblance of Lewandowski, which is obviously not Lewandowski at all. Um, but he at least is is some kind of target that they can hit in the box. And this is one underrated thing about Barca is that Xavi loves crossing. They they do it a lot. And um, and Lewandowski can capitalize on that. But, you know, Ferran is a different kind of player. And uh, I'd be curious to see what they do there. The thing with Pedri, you mentioned a lot of the stuff of why he's important. Uh, the Their record with, with and without Pedri, Pedri is pretty jarring like the numbers don't lie like with him they are almost flawless in the record and and without him they're just a completely different team and that's partly because he's one he's a really great player the drop off from him and Kessier um has to be taken advantage of because it's a big big drop off yes Xavi has been doing this thing kind of which he found mid-season where he went away with from the traditional 4-3-3 where he had two runners and wingers on each side and kind of went with four central midfielders where Gavi, Pedri, De Jong, and uh, and Busquets, they would kind of play this nice interchangeable fluid thing on that left side and, and make different runs and it, they would cover for each other. And with Pedri gone, I wonder how that functions. And I'm curious to ask you, Jose, what do you think would be... Uh, what do you think will, will Xavi go with? Will he go with four central midfielders again? Obviously, not having Dembele there um, kind of gives you another excuse to go away from the traditional four-three-three. Or would you put Ansu on the on the left wing and Rafinha on the right, for example, and and go with the more traditional four-three-three? What do you think he'll do, and what do you think would suit Real Madrid more? I think I would expect that he's going to do the four central midfielders thing again with Kessier kind of being there instead of Pedri, which of course is a massive drop-off. But um, And the two main reasons I think about it is, one, yes, Dembele is, ap- Dembele is absent, so like, there's just less incentive to play. Like, you have, it, you have, for example, Dembele and Rafinha available. There are pros and cons to using them together, but 
like the pros are very powerful. They're just very powerful, like one versus one players. So they're they're very so it it, it kind of makes sense to set up like that. But then with Ansu, of course, he's not in that good of a form. And if you put him in, then you kind of lose. Like, look at the, if you look at the state of Barcelona's bench for for this game, it's gonna be something. Let me see, Pablo Torre, maybe Ansu if he uh, if he stays on the bench. Uh, Barca B player, Alan, Jordi Alba, Sergi Roberto, Eric Garcia. So. The options on the bench are kind of limited. So in a way, still keep it, the, even if he's not doing at his best, it might pay off to just keep the Ansu bullet, bullet like on the bench uh, in case some kind of game-changing sub is needed. I, I would say, by, by the way, the lack of more options from the bench, I would say it's a big reason United managed to make it past Barcelona in the, in the tie because... Chavi's option, well, Chavi's decisions were not ideal when doing that game management, but he also didn't have too many options. While say, uh, Ten Hag could be, could bring Anthony off the bench, which which yeah, like it's a it's a far changing option. So that does limit Barcelona's options a lot, and because of that, I would because of all that, I would imagine that Ansu is going to stay on the bench, and I would imagine that the lineup is going to be so. Backline is pretty much decided. It's going to be Ter Stegen. It's going to be Balde on the left. Uh, Araujo on the right as protection against Vinicius. Uh, Christensen and Kunde, the center-back pairing. Because I think, generally, like, the other interesting thing is that it's not just because Vinicius. I think Araujo is, of course, a very physical defender, but he struggles more with the kind of more technical and... Uh, cerebral challenge that that's posed by marking a guy like Benzema. Like you have to be sometimes smart, smarter than stronger. So I, all in all, I think Kunde is a better fit to defend Benzema. Araujo is a better fit to to defend Vinicius, and that's why the layout is to be like for for the the midfield. I would expect so nominally it's going to be like Busquets. Uh, Frankie on the left most likely because it's just like you want him to play on the left side because that's his preferred side. Kessie being kind of the leftover one put on the right, even though Kessie also plays better on the left normally, but you're not going to sacrifice Frankie for him. So it's likely on the right. And then I would assume that it's going to be something similar of like Gavi on the left wing, Rafinha on the right wing, and then Ferran as the knight. That's kind of the setup I imagine. That's nominally, of course. In possession, it's going to be kind of what I call like a three, three square three kind of lineup. So you're going to have uh, Christensen, Kunde, Araujo at the back. You're going to have kind of the square of midfielders. So it's going to be like Frenkie and, and Busquets at the back, then Kessie and Gavi a bit more up front. And then you're going to have on the wings, Balde on the left, Rafinha on the right, and then Ferran in the center. That's what I'm imagining Right now, it's going to be that Barca setup. So uh, a lot of interesting points made in there. Um, the the point about the the bench is is a big one that I don't. I think I haven't really seen anyone discuss yet. Is uh, the fact that we have the bench mob in the second half that can come in and completely flip the game on its head, and Barca's depth is is pretty pretty. It's not great at this point in terms of people who can change the game off the bench. The Araujo Kunde point is also interesting too. One of the things I noted when I went back and I watched the first leg of Manchester United versus Barcelona at the Camp Nou was that 
because that Ojo played on the right that game because they, they were trying to make sure Rashford doesn't have much space. So yeah. one of the things that was interesting about that is, well, Rashford had a great game anyway, but not having Araujo in the central defense, I think also hurts them. So you kind of have to pick your poison. Mm. Weghorst yeah. was actually getting in behind their defense, behind Kunde, who was confused that entire game, basically, on where he's supposed to be. And that does open up room for Benzema. And that, this also takes us into discussion about how Real Madrid should line up. I'm curious to know what you think, because pretty much everyone available, a lot of the starters pick themselves. A lot of them don't. You know, Ancelotti was not too telling, but kind of telling in his press conference today where he said it's it wouldn't be surprising if Modric and Cruz did not start in this game because... Um, we have options to go with younger, energetic legs. But if they do start, they have other advantages like with their experience and their and the way they play. Okay. And he kind of he was trying up, to kind of politically correct about it, but like, you know, not trying to throw anyone yeah. under the bus. So, uh, to me, I interpreted it as like, I think at least one of them will sit. I, if I had to guess, I think only one of them would sit. I don't think he'll bench both of them. But it also begs the question about Rodrigo and Fede um, because... Ancelotti often prefers to go with Fede on the right wing. I kind of like the idea of Rodrigo in the game like this just because if Araujo and Vinicius is going to be a battle, having Rodrigo come over to the left and overload that side and help create space and drag some defenders away, I think would help. Whereas Fede doesn't do that with his game usually. He's more stationary in his role as a, as a box-to-box kind of right winger. I was so I was curious, getting I wanted to get your thoughts on that and how Real Madrid should line up in this game. Yeah. So yeah. So going going through the lineup and that that's where I'm going to go through some of the like really nice points that you mentioned. Uh, so I think defensive line kind of picks itself given the given availability. So it's Carvajal, Militao, Rudiger, Nacho at left back, uh, most surely. Then uh, it's, of course, midfield and forward lines where the questions begin. If I had to take a guess, um, the certainties that I have, of course, Vinicius and Benzema, I have a feeling that Tramini and Kroos are going to start Fede too. The question is, because I, I think in a Clásico, you have to start Fede for a number of reasons. Um, so... The question is, where will he play? Will it be in midfield? Will it be as the as the right winger? And of course, if he plays as the right winger, then who's going to be the third midfielder behind Tramin Cross? That's what I imagine. Of course, there are other scenarios. Maybe uh, the, the other scenarios could be maybe Ancelotti decides that he's really liked what he's seen up to now from Camavinga. He wants to use it instead of Tramini. That's an op- That is an option, but... For now, I'm assuming that Tramini and Gross are going to start. And it's just then who is going to take up that right midfield role? Who's going to take that right winger role? And uh, those are really, to me, the big question marks in the lineup. For the right winger one, you already you already mentioned the options. It's really between Rodrigo and Fede. And I, and I think you mentioned what I think there are trade-offs, of course, to play in Rodrigo as right wing. The pros of it is what you just mentioned about tech. Um, so there's going to be the, the whole point about Rodrigo is that he's a right winger who doesn't really play on the right. So, and that means that there are many situations where, yes, uh, instead of, it helps a lot, like you mentioned, because Vinicius is not necessarily going to be 
Vinicius and Benzema are not going to be isolated against Kunde and Araujo. It means that Rodrigo is going to move over there, and then you can have combinations and ways to get to, to get out of there. And then Rodrigo Rodrigo can also show up like behind the back of Frankie de Jong and Busquets and like just help overload that area. I think at Pacuac, there are many benefits to having to having Rodrigo there. Uh, the only drawback I would I would see is a bit more in defense because one of the threats actually concerned about with Barcelona is Balde because if you have a situation because um, he's normally going to go a bit more against Carvajal but just generally you want the right winger to be a bit more disciplined just in case that they have to you have to deal with situations where say someone else wants to attract, say you have someone wants to, Gavi say wants to attract Carvajal and then Balde wants to do like the overlapping run. You need so, the right winger there to be a bit more disciplined in those things. And of course, Fede would help in that more than Rodrigo. So the trade-off is defensive. And so I think this depends a lot. The decision depends a lot on what Ancelotti wants out of this. If he wants uh, if he wants to be more respectful and more careful, like based on what happened last classical, I say that Ancelotti wants to be more respectful, more defensive, uh, just a bit more care, uh, uh, given that situation. Uh, then okay, might go for Fede, think more about defense, try to block, for example, try to make sure that Balde, for example, doesn't end up over overloading that zone. If you want to go more with the Liverpool, like the mentality that he went into with the Liverpool game, which is this is the first leg, this is the first uh, the flag here. Let's just go and try to make it as offensive as possible. Then you go with Rodrigo as your right wing option. It's going to be the better one for offense. Besides, because it allows Benzema and Vinicius not to be so isolated on the other side. I think that is basically the trade up. Then, of course, uh, if Fede plays wing then who would be the midfielder choice i am not sure that's a joke that could be a, a tricky one i tend to see ceballos i don't see it because one he's would be very good as an impact sub and two it's a, a cross or ceballos kind of thing like because if cross runs the game it's more difficult for ceballos to run it so uh so all in all the options i guess in that case could be like mode chokamabinga but all in all, I think the key decision that determine the key decision is who do you want as your right winger because that determines a lot the behavior of the team. Like if you get Rodrigo, then you get the more offensive version. If you get Fede, it's the more defensive version of the team. So that's really uh, that that that's really the decision that Ancelotti must make. Like what kind of team they want to be, and also like how much he wants to, how much he wants to press because that's also another complicated question going into this because I feel like this Ancelotti team, especially in Clásicos, has felt more comfortable uh staying back. Uh and they stay back and hit on the and, and hit on the counter. When they try to go and press a bit more, like it happened in the Supercoa, it doesn't go as well. So I'm also curious to see what's gonna happen. I like if I had to guess, uh, uh this one is a bit hard to guess because it's but if the Liverpool game had happened, I would have told you for sure he's going to go with Fede right wing and a more defensive plan. But after the Liverpool game, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, like, like the, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating, fascinating problem to have. There are so many good midfielders right now, and they're all good. Like every single <laughs> midfielder we have 
is good and yes. has a case to earn more minutes, like every yes. single one of them without exception. And that's what makes it such a fascinating problem. Because in addition to that, we just both made the case for Rodrigo to start, like he would provide something really useful. But I, so to me, I, I think the safer choices for, for in Ancelotti's mind is probably to just bring Rodrigo off the bench. And because I think yeah. there are two in his head that probably won't be dropped. I'm like 95% sure that I think there's two midfielders that will start tomorrow. And that is one Camavinga, the other two, the other is Fede Valverde. Oh. And to create space for another midfielder, I think Fede will play right wing. And if I had to guess, I think it's going to be too many Kamavinga and Kroos is the, is what he'll go with with Fede on the right wing. I could be wrong, but I don't see. I think Kamavinga and Fede are kind of undroppable at this point. And too many is your only pure anchor, uh, like pure six. Uh, although I think there, are, you know, people will argue that Kamavinga can can do that too, and I, I wouldn't necessarily dispute it. But I I think it's going to be too many Kamavinga Cruz with Fetty on the right wing is my guess, but but we'll see. Sports Social Podcast Network.